Hi there, my name is John Bay. I am the CEO of Standard Uranium. We're a Canadian junior exploration and project developing company. We're based in the Athabasca Basin of Saskatchewan, Canada. We have 11 projects, seven will be explored this year and five being drilled. But thanks for uh, having me. Well, yeah, good to have you here, John. I appreciate it. It's a busy period, just pre, kind of pre PDAC because there's lots of other conferences and events going on at the same time. So thanks for making the time. Look, we saw you last September 2022. Uh, you look like a very different company. You were then talking to me about trying to make discoveries itch, you know, around the Athabasca Basin. It looks like you've changed your model. Is that true? That is true, yes. We've now transitioned to a project generator slash exploration company. So we now have 11 projects in the basin and we've got uh, JV Partners funding uh, four of those projects right now. Why the change? Why why not? Discoveries is where it's at, surely. Yeah. As you know, exploration is expensive. I mean, we started off as a one-project company, and we started exploring and having drill programs, raising money, drilling. And it gets to the point where, you know, you've got more projects and raising capital nonstop. Investors get tired of it. And if you don't make a major discovery, they think it's a failure. So we figured out, look, we've got to transition. We've got to find a way to keep our projects being explored, bring funds in from other companies, keep our flagship to ourselves, and keep driving the company forward. Uh, okay. You got to be in the game to play the game, right? I guess. Um, so like, tell, me, tell me about, you know, how you transition because, you know, 11 projects versus one um, and basically bringing 31 million bucks of other people's money to kind of develop those. How do you make money? How, how, how does that drive, you know, share price, et cetera? Well, Explain first the of all, tonight. the exploration game is about discoveries. We've got to make a big discovery. And when the discovery is made, you know, in the uranium space, a high-grade discovery, it's a 10 to 20x right away. So that's our goal, to keep exploring, keep drilling, keep putting, you know, drill holes in the ground in all our projects. And eventually our team is phenomenal. They're going to make a discovery. So it's a matter of just keeping the funds coming, keeping the drill programs going, and telling the story, letting people know who we are and what we're up to. Right. But, okay, so you're... The money's come in, but you're the operator. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. So the deals we've done with our JV partners is they pay us a combination of cash, shares, uh, work commitment to spend money on the ground, and they pay us to operate it. So we've got an incredible technical team we've built over the past five years. And for new entrants coming into the space, they see us. We're a company that's got the technical team that'll actually do the work, and we'll get paid to do that work. We've actually got all our projects uh, agreed, agreements with First Nations, all the drill programs permitted. Uh, all the vendors lined up, so it's a turnkey operation. So for us, we have our JVs pay us cash, which keeps the lights going, keeps our team paid. They pay us to operate, and they pay us in shares, and they spend the money on the ground. So it's a fantastic operation for Standard and our team. Okay, but okay, I've got to ask the question, right? Because you know, when when pre this model, you were doing all of that stuff yourself. You didn't make a discovery. I, I would argue yeah. uh, of, of of note. So why why have these four groups? entrusted you to go off and do it? Was it just a question of you didn't have enough money to do what you wanted to do? Or could you actually point to the fact that actually we do have a track record? Listen, exploration is difficult and uranium exploration is incredibly difficult. Our technical team is having great success with every drill program vectoring in on those discoveries, but they take time. You look at our neighbor to our Davidson River, just to the north, F3. I mean, they, they worked that, that JR zone for 15 years before they made that discovery. You just got to keep drilling. You got to keep exploring. You got to keep zoning in on it until you make that discovery. You've got to be persistent. You got to keep at it and you got to keep going. Those companies that die out, you know, they can't do that. So we're proving that, look, we're going to take other people's money. They're going to fund other our non-core assets and we're going to drive our Davidson River project forward, which is our home run potential, we believe. Right. And so, and so about, like, give me an example of one of the deal structures here in terms of like, so they, they put a bunch of money in. You're operating, a, you know, management effectively. Um, how do your shareholders 
make money on the deal structure which you have. Like, give me just one example. Yeah, so for example, we announced a definitive agreement on our uh, Atlantic project today with a company called Adco Mining. That's a three-year earning where they can earn 75% of that project. We'll keep 25%. They're going to fund three years of exploration. And if they make a discovery, you know, that's a massive, massive home run for our shareholders. And we'll still own 25% of that project. So it's great. To, to what point? Because at some, some point, they're, they're going to spend three years worth of exploration. Yeah. Then presumably, if there's a discovery, you may want to go through you know, the economic study phases. Who finances that? Yeah, so at that point, it becomes a, a full JV opportunity where they'll they'll fund 75% and we'll fund 25%. And the reality is, like, we're an exploration company. We're not going to mine it. We're going to take it to a, a level of, like, a, a resource, and then we'll sell it off to somebody else. So for us, our name of the game is to drill, explore, build up the resource, and sell it off to, to a developing company. Right, and you got four deals exactly like that? Uh, we have four deals that are done almost identical to that, yes. Right, okay, fine. And then you've got, um, you've got another seven deals. How do you advance it. those? How do you, get, how do you attract people to them? All right. So first of all, look, when the markets have been shipped for the last few years, we haven't been sitting around doing any, doing nothing. We've been building this company out. We've been building our technical team. We've been building relationships with our First Nations partners, signing uh, you know agreements on across all our projects. We're continuing to add projects on the Athabasca Basin, which is extremely difficult to do because we've got the technical team to do that. We've got relationships with all the vendors. All the drillers, all the camps, all the helicopter pilots, all that's been worked on behind the scenes. And we're continuing to advance these projects. So, look, we went from one project, Davidson River, to adding our Sundog, to staking the Atlantic Canary in Ascent. And now we've got the Rokas and Corvo this year, which we're going to be doing geophysics on and get those drill ready for 2025. And look, it's going to be a remarkable year. We've got $31 million that have just come in in the last four months. We're going to be spending $9 million at least on exploration programs in 2024. And we're setting up 2025 and 25, 26 to be remarkable as well. Right, but the, but the $31 million is against specifically those four projects, right? That is correct. Right, so coming back to the seven, it's like how do you advance those through the phases? How do you, you raised a little bit of money before Christmas. I think you closed it off before Christmas. Um, what does that allow you to do? It allows us to, first of all, our next two projects that are in the pipeline are Corvo and Rokas. So we staked those last year. This year, we're going to get those ready by doing geophysics and get those drill ready for next year. And then we'll be looking for new partners to come in to advance those on similar type deal structures. Davidson River is our flagship. That's the one that we've got just to the south of um, the JR zone by F3 and just to the west of Arrow Project by NextGen and Fission's Triple R. It's in that beautiful area. And what we're going to do with that one is drill that ourselves this summer. We've got it actually, it's so large that we've continued to add to it that we divided it in half. Now we may keep the whole thing for ourselves, or we may find uh, a pretty serious partner to come in and work half that with us. So that's sort of the strategy on Davidson River. Right, so Davidson, which we've talked about in the past, um, how much more money do you, oh, you know, if you, you so how much did you raise, how much did you close before Christmas, two and a half? Yeah, two like million, that? yeah, 2.6. Two, two million, okay, okay. So um, for, do you say where we've got to go all in on Davidson and kind of get a good partner and attract a good partner? Would you kind of de-risk it and sort of maybe amortize some of that money across some of the other projects like Corvo, et cetera? I mean, what's the allocation look like? Yeah, so we've got the funds that have coming in from the previous raise. Look, we're going to use that to advance uh, Corvo and Rokas. Those are going to be about 750 to a million dollars each to get those up to drill ready for next year. Davidson River is going to be about, you know, two and a half to three million dollars spend this summer. And that's our flagship. That's what we're going to be doing ourselves. And the other ones, look, they've got a little bit of extra cash to advance some more projects and also be staking a few other projects in the basin. So uh, we've got cash coming in from all four of our JV deals. You know, it's a combination of cash and shares and operator fees. So we're going to have 
the cash coming in for those are going to keep you know take care of all the GNA for the year. Right. Okay. And and I've I've got, I've got to go to the share chart, right? Because yeah. in, in in the context yeah. of a very very strong um, spot price for uranium, right? Yeah. It kind of feels like the kind of sub hundred million dollar companies haven't quite seen the benefit of that yet. Not 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 in any meaningful way, right? Sideways, I guess someone argue is a win for the last two three years, but. The reality is, people would expect all you know uranium companies to be you know ripping on a hockey stick type curve. Um, they're not. Why not? Not yet. I mean, if you look at, uh, I saw a chart at the uh, VRIC conference last month in Vancouver of one of the juniors showing you know what happens to the spot price. What are the majors doing? The developers and the sub you know fifty million market capitalism. They were flat across the board. So look, the juniors haven't really picked up on that yet, but it's coming. But not just everyone. It's not going to be all, all ships are going to rise with the tide. You want to look for companies that have actually got drill programs going. They've got good projects. They've got teams that can execute. And we've got that. So we anticipate when the market starts to move and we start talking about you know our drill programs underway, people are going to get excited. They're going to see drill results all year round. We start drilling next week, Matt, and we're going to be drilling all the way until probably the end of October. Constant news flow, constant drilling. It's an exciting time for Standard and our shareholders. And I, and I guess... I guess you were, you, you, look, I, I give you some credit. You, you've been kind of agile and not decided we'll keep doing the same thing over and over and expect a different result. You, you have changed the model. That's impressive. Um, but the market is ever evolving and changing, and you hope that it does kind of cascade down to some of the, the smaller uranium genius soon. Um, you've got to be flexible in, in that. But what do you say to your shareholders in terms of your willingness to dilute by taking money when it's you know there when it's on the when it's been offered yeah well it's pretty simple either you take the money if you want to keep drilling or you die so for us it's a matter of, look we had to go to the market we had to raise funds the last two years it's been primarily you know canadian traditional flow through funds which kept the coming in it kept the drills turning and allowed us to move our team forward add to our technical team and advance those projects and get them ready for where we are today so in the last five years we've been building a team behind the scenes that's getting a lot of respect in the in the industry. We've got a phenomenal technical team led by Sean Hilliker, our VP of Exploration and President. We've got you know eleven projects now. Seven are going to get worked this year. You tell me about another junior exploration company that's got seven programs getting worked in twenty twenty four. It's remarkable what we've done with this company. It's time for the investment community to sort of understand that and sort of uh, learn about standard and come along with us. So, so talk to me talk to me about the model again. I'm fascinated by the model, right? I'm, I'm not going to dig in companies out about you know yeah. share performance, etc. In a market which pretty crappy for equities in the last three years. I'm not going to do that. I'm interested in people who think, change, agile, adapt to the, to the environment, right? So if you look at some of the other companies out there, and I'm, you know, I'm going to talk uranium-specific yep. companies with portfolios. Some uh-huh. have been able to unleash some of the value extremely well, and some have not. You know the space really well you know all the players you you have conversations with each other what model do you think for you is something that you'd like to emulate what is worth what 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 is genuinely a good model for you to emulate prospect generator is one thing but it it can be long and slow and ups and downs etc what do you think you need in the mix to kind of sort of power charge you know the the i don't know standard standard uranium 2.0 yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I'm not going to say that we. this is our model we created out of out of thin air. This is something we've been following for a few years. Look, we're, as you mentioned, we're very close with all the uranium juniors in the space. We know the guys like we know Jordan at Sky Harbor. We know Corey Bielek over at Can Alaska. Of course, Deb at F3. They're doing the same thing. So we looked at what they did, what was successful and how they've 
taken some of their projects and spun them out into JV models and kept some for themselves. So that's why we landed on this sort of hybrid model. Davidson River, we're going to keep all to ourselves and drive that for our shareholders. We believe that is the real home run potential. And the other projects we're bringing in JV partners to advance those as well. I mean, it's exciting. If you look what's happening with our Sundog project, and we can talk about that again, that's, uh, you know, the whole Uranium City area being uh, put together by one company, by some pretty sophisticated and technically competent uh, uranium geologists. So that's exciting as well. So look, getting back to the model, we said, look, how can we, what's going to work best for standard? What do we have? We've got a great technical team that's going to do the work. We've got uh, access to all the vendors that we've built relationships with for more than five years. You know, Sean Ehrlicher, 10 plus years, Neil McCallum, 20 years in the Athabasca Basin. We've got relationships with our First Nations partners, probably one of the best in the space. If you speak to them, the heads of those First Nations groups, they talk about us as one of their lead uh, examples of how to do things properly. Talk to the Saskatchewan government. We always get our permits on time, on schedule. And uh, what else can I tell you? I mean, this is a great space to be in. We've got all our projects. We want to see those move forward. We don't want to see them sitting on our portfolio gathering dust. We want to drive exploration, get money spent, get the drills turning and make a discovery. And so about a little bit about the First Nations thing that much. So I'm just, I'm just trying to you know, understand all the moving parts here. The First Nations things has always been put forward as a problem. Uh -huh. Even in the Athabasca Basin, but more broadly in, in Canada, lots of companies sort of Come, come a cropper at later stages or, or kind of struggle to even get off the ground and, or, or at least stumble. Um, what is it that, what, what, what were or are their concerns when you're trying to establish a relationship, a working relationship, financial relationship? What are the demands from them on a company like yours? And you know, what's the expectation of what it means for them? Well, first of all, it can be a problem for some companies or it can be a strength for others. We looked at it as a strength. When we started this company, First thing we did was go meet with the First Nations partners before we started exploring, started building that relationship, build that trust. And it's been uh, it's been monumental for us to be able to get all our projects, uh, you know, letters of support. As soon as we send in the permit application, our First Nations partners are right there with us. So look, they speak to the partnerships we built. They have success. We have success. They have a lot of other companies that are showing up in their territories not doing that. And those companies are going to have problems, serious problems. So you better be aware if you're an investor, when companies talk about having First Nations relationships and permits and, and agreements, a lot of them say that and don't. So dig into it and figure out what's real and what's fabricated. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, like, um, like, like I say, I just want to kind of catch up and try and understand what, you know, what it is I'd be buying into from buying shares from you. Because like I say, it's a different model and I understand it better now. And, and I think, you know, well done to you. Um, it's an interesting, obviously, macro. We, listen, we don't need to get into the whole macro at the moment. We get it. The demand outstrips supply for for uh, for some time um, going forward. Um, Athabasca companies, I think, you know, perhaps need to maybe help us understand how quickly they will be getting into the supply side of the story and not just the development side of the story. I, I, it feels like. Are there any other kind of you know red flags or kind of long poles in the tent which? Um, are potential barriers for you guys actually getting stuff out of pounds out of the ground? Nah, for us, Mick, our focus is discovery, discovery, discovery. And we're going to do that by doing drill programs on our projects. So we're going to fund those and keep those going. For us, the biggest bang for the buck for the shareholders is when that drill hole makes a big discovery. And that's what we're aiming to do. Now, for us, everything else we do is focused on that. And that's about finding good partners to come in and JV with us, getting all our drilling companies lined up. And when I say drilling companies, look, there's a whole swath of different types of drilling companies. You better make sure you've got one that's actually had experience working in the Athabasca Basin. One of the big things that investors are going to find out in this space as we progress over the next year or two years, there's going to be a lot of companies showing up 
that don't have, you know, the ability to actually operate. They've never set foot in Saskatchewan. They don't have the relationships with the First Nations partners. They don't understand how staking goes, how permitting goes. They're not going to have relationships with vendors because there's only so many vendors to go around. And if you don't have those relationships built and those contracts ready to roll, you're going to be waiting in line a long time to, to get programs happening. So be very wary of companies that are showing up and and don't have those relationships. So there's a handful of us. I think you know them and your investors probably know them. We've been there for a while. We've got this all worked out. So for investors looking at Standard, look, we've been there. We've got great projects. We've got a strong technical team. All the boxes are checked off. And now we're driving forward. We've got cash coming in. We're going to be exploring, you know, seven projects in 2024, drill programs nonstop. And the other part of the equation is we've got to tell the story. You can't just do your work. You've actually got to get out. You've got to market. You've got to let people know what you're doing. We're doing that with you, Matt. We're doing that across multiple platforms this year. So spending the money on telling the story and actually doing the work to back that up. So 2024 is going to be an exciting year for Standard and our shareholders.